of the Bill Michael Show this hour. As we begin, brought to you by our friends at New Mail Medical. Treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin and well beyond the borders. I highly recommend it. It works. Uh, the ED, so I've been told, but the uh, the low T treatments, the all-in-one weight loss program, it works. I woke up today. I'm down six pounds uh, over the last couple of weeks. I feel really good. It's amazing what just uh, something simple as six pounds will do. But uh, really, really good stuff. So good to have them on board as always. Call them, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. There you have it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to talk a little bit about the Brewers. going to talk a little Packers football. Uh, our buddy Kevin Holm from CBS 58 joining us now on the hotline. Kevin, how you doing, buddy? No, it's all good, man. This is uh, I, I, my caffeine consumption's at a, at a, a high for the year. You got uh, preseason basketball. You got the NFL season in full swing. Baseball going on. I, I think I last slept on August 18th, so uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to the next week sometime in January. Uh, let's start with the Brewers. The season comes to an end. And so, uh, you know, I, I mean, I said going back early on in this season, you know, when you always say one of the two of those games, ah, it's no big deal, it's a long season. Nope, you're out by two games. Uh, a couple of games ultimately cost you. But let's talk about this team. Where do you begin this offseason? Uh, <laughs> man, yeah, you can you could take this thing one at about three or four different levels. You could you could just look at it strictly from a, a you know, a player personnel standpoint, a uh, you know, a, a retooling standpoint. And if you look at it that way, I think there's a couple of positions that they'll want to address. Third base comes comes to mind right off. Uh, I think they may have an answer in center field in-house in Garrett Mitchell. I think they got to figure out if that's something that they're ready to commit to for a full season starting next year. I'm not opposed to that idea. Uh, and then, you know, you, you've got a couple other spots. The catcher is probably one you're looking at. Colton Wong's future is a, is a question now with the option there. Uh, but uh, that's that's only one level. I think the other level is you, know, you, you have an, an organizational philosophy, an organizational approach, and you hit on one of the interesting side effects of, of uh, the analytical side of things. You know, the Brewers made a, a calculated risk trading Josh Hader when they traded Josh Hader, and it popped the balloon on the entire season. And I think Sometimes you have a, a mindset, you have an idea of what you want to do, and it could be innovative, and it could be a good approach. Uh, but then sometimes, you know, when, when you put that into practice, it may not work out quite the same way. You find out that, that some things do change. So I wonder if maybe half of this offseason is about philosophy and approach. I, I don't think they're going to stop playing analytics, but I think maybe they'll they'll figure out a, a different way to approach some of these uh, big guys who were clubhouse presences because haters presence was definitely missed. Yeah. Um, I, I was talking about that earlier. Sometimes you can look at the statistics and they cannot calculate the, um, the camaraderie in a clubhouse and the way the clubhouse emotion and such feels. So uh, a completely miscalculation there. Do uh, a lot of the talk today is, Hey, if you're going to kind of just change things up or blow it up or whatever it is, people want to do, uh, Craig Council, I think he's around. I think he's done a pretty solid job with the analytics. I, I think he's probably, over the last five years, done more with less. Uh, give me your thoughts on Craig Council. Council, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you really, if you look at it longer term and, and take the sting of the last few months out of it, I mean, Craig Council has been 
pretty incredible in different ways with different teams that he's had. He's been an effective manager uh, in different situations. I think back to the beginning of this era, which really wasn't when Craig Council took over. It was more 2018-19 when the Brewers were so close in 18. They were that one win away from the World Series, and Council was out there getting really creative with his starting pitchers and, and having guys go through the order just once and just wearing his bullpen out. And, uh, and it got him to game seven of the NLCS. He understood the, the value that he had in Corey Knable and Jeremy Jeffress and Josh Hader. And those were, uh, you know, significant pieces to that team. And then in 19, were it not for a Trent Grisham error, I, I don't know, the Brewers might've made a run and, you know, I don't, I don't want to be an apologist, but 19, 20, and 21 were all losses in the playoffs. There were no, like, series wins in the playoffs. But all three came to the eventual World Series champion, if that means anything. And they, they mm-hmm. lost to the team that got hot enough to win it all. That's, that's significant, right? Craig Council right. managed different teams in different ways, and he's done it well. And I, and I think he'll continue to do that if they change things up in the offseason. Uh, I now the next question is do do you think that um, there we're going to hear about some kind of an injury, some kind of an issue, something with uh, with with Christian Yelich? I mean, maybe it's. I, I still. I mean, I think if it, if it's the injury, it's it, it stems all the way back to the knee, uh, and, and I know we're talking three years now with the knee, but uh, it was. It was a knee injury that that I think was bad enough that it was affecting his you know his ability to to swing his ability to to do some basics. Then there was a lost year with the pandemic. That's a sixty game season that was a late start. I think that probably hurt as well. It's what's, what's interesting to me is Christian Yelich has returned to the Christian Yelich of his Miami days, uh, where where he was a you know I would call him a high average hitter. I don't know if you could call him that this year, but a guy that hits the ball hard, gets base hits, but does not put the ball up in the air, doesn't doesn't hit as many home runs. And it's it's a valuable hitter. The problem is it's not anywhere near the hitter that signed that contract right before the pandemic came. And that's it's an albatross for the duration unless he becomes the the old Christian Yelich. It's just it's a reality that they have to face. So I mean, maybe they say that there's something more long term with his back. That's that's been a problem here and there for Yelich, but I just think, I just think it's maybe a fundamental change that that started with the knee and has resulted in this sort of downward plane on his swing with with fewer pop flies, for better or for worse. Um, the uh, the the first base position, Ronnie Telez gave you everything in the power numbers, but his but his average not good, on base percentage not great. Do you just make him a DH? Do you need to find an everyday average hitting first baseman? I mean, I think the, the Brewers would like to boost their offense uh, any way they can. I think they'd like to, you know, to go out and, and find one or two bats that'll just jump that thing up. And and that was evident at times this year that they just had trouble scoring runs. So if the answer to it is is to put Yelich or to put sorry to put Tellez in the DH spot, absolutely. If you got a big slugging first baseman out there that they can sign, and and that means that Tellez is the you know the the DH every day. I, I think it's something you go for. I know flexibility is something that uh, David Stearns and Craig Council have valued. And I think, again, you're talking about philosophically the conversations that can happen this offseason. Flexibility is a good thing. 
But at the end of the day, it's about scoring runs, and you got to have the guys to do it. You got to have the boppers, and uh, that that I think is where they've got to begin uh, this off season and, and just find a position for someone who can be a big bat to come in in the middle of the order, someone who can complement Tellez and, and Adamas. Because think about you know a two, three, four combination of Adamas and then Tellez and whoever your free agent signee is. It's a it's a formidable middle of the order, and uh, and if they if that's what they got to do, I'm I'm all for it. The uh, the rest of the division uh, at some point you got to figure somebody's going to figure something out. Cincinnati, Chicago, what have you? Uh, do I mean these teams have a lot of money invested? They're starting. I mean the Cubs are already starting to tear it down. It's kind of a race to see who can rebuild first, right? Yeah, it's. It, I mean honestly, the Brewers could continue where they are and be a second place team in this division for a couple more years i think because i don't see cincinnati being close i don't see pittsburgh being close i don't see chicago being close it's it's going to be a a two-horse race for a while and you know if you're the brewers you've got to sort of assess what that means you know do you have what it takes to catch the cardinals can you put together a team that that can do what the cardinals can do year in and year out i i think they they want to do that they want to compete but it's a matter of, you know, can you, you know, put those guys together? Can you find guys that want to sign? Do you have the money to sign them? You know, all of that is there. But uh, it's that's the it's the weird thing to me, just simply because of what the the work the Brewers have done developing pitching, getting Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff for the duration of their time here. The Brewers start the season as a second place team. It's it's uh, it's funny. There are a lot of years that there would be people very very happy with that, but. Uh, after four straight playoff appearances, it's it's a little tougher to swallow. I think Brewers fans want a little more. Talking with Kevin Holden, CBS fifty eight at three two one Q Kevin over on uh, Twitter. Uh, go to the uh, go to the uh, uh, Pittsburgh or excuse me the uh, the Green Bay Packers. I'm sitting here looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers roster. Uh, the uh, the Packers going over to London. They're sitting at three and one. But give me your assessment of the season so far. You know, I, I thought the the most impressive thing, Bill, that the uh, Packers did was to go down to Tampa in the heat facing Brady and and just, you know, not worry about any of it. They just they they brought what they had and they 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 basically held Tampa Bay to to one very very late touchdown in a game where the Packers didn't play their best offensive game and they still came out on top. It's it's interesting that that defense uh, didn't look as good against Bailey Zappi, which is just a giant question mark, but I guess you get those during the, the course of the season. If they're the, the Tampa team, then they're pretty close to what they used to have. And, and the advantage that they gained here in the last couple of weeks is you see rookie receivers actually start to play roles. Christian Watson r- rushing for a touchdown to me was it was an enormous boost. Uh, that that is, if you find a way to get value, some kind. You know, out of Watson and out of Romeo Dobbs, who Rodgers is clearly establishing a trust with, those two guys are going to be essential. All of a sudden, uh, the receiver question is going to be a lot less of a question if you've got a couple of options to go to. I think they've got a chance to sweep everything between here and Buffalo. they got a chance to go in there 6-1. and one. That'll be the test that'll, that'll kind of tell you where your team is at this point in the season. i got to say 3-1 and one is... Probably a touch better than I expected with all the youth on the roster. I thought two and two, or even you know, shudder to think one and three was a possibility. But uh, but three and one, they should take. I think that's positive. The uh, the the downfield or lack thereof presence. Um, you tell me, does that bother you at all? 
it's there, there's there's concern for me about a, a couple of different positions, and it has to do with with youth, right? I mean, that's again, we just like the receiver position, that whole defensive side of the ball. You've got guys over there, but you've got a couple of rookies that that you're throwing into the mix and asking to do big things, and and so that's that's you know that that's a, that's a little bit of a, of a question mark. Now on the receiver end, you know you're talking about guys that can catch the ball deep, and and you really wish that you had that threat, and you know maybe Romeo Dobbs is that threat uh, going forward, but uh, it's. I don't think it's much of a concern right now. I think later this year you get toward the playoffs, you get into the playoffs, and, and you realize that the teams that have that, the teams that can take the lid off, are just they're they're just extremely difficult to deal with. And that's that that is a piece that's missing. And the trouble with that is I don't know if you can coach that into happening. You know, it's it's the mm-hmm. thing that that works when when you've got a receiver who can take the lid off, it just is a natural talent sort of thing. So if it's an issue today, it's an issue in December and January. That that could be a problem, and it's definitely not one way in which the Packers are going to uh, be winning games late. If this team is to get to a Super Bowl, what do they have to get to the Super Bowl doing? What what is the strength of this team? I think I think they have to establish it, start it uh, the way the Niners did a couple of years ago. Uh, with with multiple options in the ground game, controlling the ball, uh, you know, your time of possession is going to play in their favor an awful lot. And uh, and and then on defense, you know, some of the, the young guys would need to step up and become elite very early. Rashawn Gary will need to continue this incredible run that he's been on so far. And uh, it, those are the two most important things. But it, it is a different animal than the Packers teams we saw for so many years. I mean, that was... You know, it was it was Rodgers winning 45-42 for a while, and and uh, you know making five or six or seven options look great in the pass game. Those days are done. I think it's just finding what you need in that pass game, but controlling the ball both sides, running the ball, stopping the run. Those those two. It, it's so it's so funny how with all of the great minds of the game, we come back to those fundamentals. We come back to the physicality of football and how controlling the ball, running it, and stopping the run are the difference. And that, that for me, is where the Packers have their strength. they got two great runners, and I think eventually the Parks can have a good run defense. Kevin, great stuff, buddy. I appreciate it, and I know we're going to talk more down the road, okay? Man, you know it, Bill. we got a whole baseball playoffs coming up plus uh, plus NFL. So, again, I, I'm pouring another cup of coffee. we got another month <laughs> at least before sleep. Good stuff, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. There you go. Kevin Holden, CBS 58, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. Good to have him on board and uh, good stuff, both Brewers-wise and Packers-wise. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson riding season. Today's beautiful. It's going to be rainy tomorrow, going to get cool over the weekend. Still can ride. Still got a lot of riding left. Hopefully you get all the way through the month of October before you have to start considering putting the bike away. However, Go to WISH, W-I-S-H-D.com for everything. If you're looking to store your bike, winterize it, they can take care of it, they can charge it, get the battery all good, and then in the springtime, clean it up, get it back to you. How about motor clothes? If you that Right now, they've got a bunch of uh, motor clothes that have come in. They've got some uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month motor clothes in there, too. Uh, from the dealers, uh, from the uh, from uh, the corporation, from Harley Davidson, so a lot of good stuff there. I just saw that online, as a matter of fact. So plenty of stuff still to go to and check out at Wisconsin Harley Davidson. Go to wishd.com. That is wishd. 
Wisconsin.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. Um, This one is from Anthony, who says, uh, as much as I like Craig Council, I think it's time to go. He doesn't show a lot of emotion in the clubhouse or the dugout. Uh, Anthony, how do you know what he shows in the clubhouse? I always find that interesting when they talk about inside the clubhouse of the locker room. If you've been there, tell me. Uh, then I, I don't question that. But when you say the clubhouse, uh, it says he doesn't show enough passion. Uh, you have to motivate the guys around you. This is something we've talked about uh, on numerous occasions regarding baseball. I get it if you are uh, a basketball team that doesn't show a lot of energy. You're barely hustling. You're barely up and down the floor. I get it if you are a unenthusiastic football team and you have a very milk toast coach. But then again, Bill Belichick doesn't get overly fired up, although he did when he thought he had a bad call. You could see him get in the ass of the uh, the officials more than a few times. But if you – baseball is a different animal. You think about it. It's like golf. Until the ball is put into play, it's really a duel between the pitcher, the catcher, and the hitter. There's not much more to it than that. You're watching three people work. Once the ball is hit, then everybody gets into play. It it it, it doesn't lend itself to a ton of energy. Now, there's rallies. There's big innings. But the one thing you give Craig Council credit for is... He doesn't get too high and he doesn't get too low. I, I People said the same thing about Ron Renneke. People said the same thing about Ken Maka. I mean, you go through the list. I mean, you know, and Ned Yost was a fiery guy, but everybody said he was too fiery and he was an idiot because it doesn't matter. He's not a good manager. And Dale Swain was great. He was a fiery guy, but he wasn't in the clubhouse and he wasn't in the dugout. You know, I tell me a manager right now that's fiery. I get what you're saying. You want an energy. You want to feel that you it's an intangible. But I you know, tell me a manager in baseball that's fiery that's got a ton of success right now. Ben, is there? Uh Dave Roberts probably isn't, but we've seen it. I, I don't think so. Dave Roberts is a mild-mannered guy. Dusty Baker can be fiery, but he's pretty. he sits there and chooses toothpick. You know, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know who the fiery guy is in Major League Baseball. Those fiery moments did come from arguing with umpires, though, and that arguing has mostly left the sport. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. The arguing is gone. So I don't know. Uh, you know, Tony La Russa, by the way. Now, do you believe Tony La Russa stepped down because of health issues or he got fired? A lot of both. I think he got fired. I think they get Tony is really, really, really well liked by ownership. And I think they said, hey, Tony, it's not working. And Tony went, I think you're right. And so they said, what we're going to do, we're not going to fire you. We're just going to say you're stepping down because of health reasons. And that gives him an out to save some face. And he's not getting canned in his last job because he's not getting a job anywhere else. He's never going to be another baseball manager. I mean, I shouldn't ever say never, but I, he, I'm 99% sure he's not going to be another baseball manager anywhere else. This is it for Tony La Russa. So this is the way his career kind of comes to an end, a completely uh, underachieving uh, season this year out of uh, Tony La Russa and the uh, Chicago White Sox. So they were eliminated. They were, uh, they're 500, as a matter of fact. They're 80 and 80 in a season that they thought everybody thought they were going to be a 95-win team. 80 and 80 on the season, 10 games back in the division. Cleveland won the division with 90 wins. Houston, the most wins in the American League with 104 thus far. And that goes back to Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker, mild-mannered guy. You know? He has some fiery managers in Major League Baseball. But, you know, it it ain't working out for a lot of them. So, anyway... Uh, this whole thing about a fiery manager needed, I, I don't necessarily buy that. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to chime in, you can. Uh, who's this one from? This is, our buddy, uh, this is our buddy Steve. Steve says, looking back at the 2022 Brewers season, I can't agree with you more that the Brewers yacked up their season and have no one to blame but themselves. I can remember at least 10 games where they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Also, the hater trade totally blew up the season and the clubhouse. What a blank show and stupid move that was. If I am reading the stats correctly, offensively, they have the fourth most strikeout in the majors. Everyone loves the long ball, but I just get so frustrated that they constantly come out of their spikes when they swing. If I had an off-season wish, it would be to get them to a level uh, to level out their swings a bit, make better contact, and cut down on the strikeouts. With the shift rule changing next year, contact will even be more important. Just wonder where David Stearns will end up if he leaves. Where do the Brewers go after a GM? Uh, all a good, all in all, a good season, but a season where they had golden opportunities and they let them fall through their fingertips. Let's hope for a, produ- a productive off season. I think Matt Arnold becomes your general manager if indeed David Stearns leaves, and I completely agree with you that um, the all-or-nothing mentality, which it tends to permeate baseball right now. Uh, It's not just the Brewers, but it tends to permeate baseball. But there is something to be said for contact, for the capability of making contact. So I I just, it, it it is something that is a lost art form. And you are correct. The Brewers were, uh, as of today, 1,444 strikeouts, 565 walks. They had the fourth most strikeouts in all of baseball. However, they also had the fourth most walks in all of baseball. So when you look at, and you have to take that into consideration, 
So you look at the Brewers' on-base percentage, and their on-base percentage this season was number 13 in Major League Baseball. Number 13. The Brewers, though, when you look at their OPS, which is the number that everybody wants to point to in today's day and age, they're 10th. They're 10th best in baseball, which is shocking. However, you look at batting average, and they're 22nd. 22nd out of 30. They're worse than the Reds, believe it or not. Actually, they're tied with the Reds. I shouldn't say. Uh, they're both batting 235. The Brewers actually have a 316 on base percentage, where the uh, Reds have a 304. Brewers have a better slugging percentage and a better OPS. 877-867-167. The Brewers, it's, it's hard. It, it's When you look at batting average, the Toronto Blue Jays had the best batting average in baseball this year. As a team, they batted 263. The Mets at uh, 258. Boston, believe it or not, uh, who didn't have much pitching was their problem, but they batted 257 along with the Dodgers. The White Sox batted 256, and again, they faltered. The Rockies, the Phillies, the Guardians, St. Louis. The Yankees have, they got a mid level batting average. They're 15th in Major League Baseball, 15th. However, they are uh, fourth in on-base percentage. They're fourth in on-base percentage, and they are fourth in OPS. Fourth in OPS. They had a... Uh, the Yankees, by the way, 15th in baseball with number of strikeouts. Considered to be one of the best teams in baseball. The Dodgers, 17th. So the Yankees and the Dodgers, two of them, and, and Houston. Where's Houston at in this mess? And I shouldn't be doing this on the air. I should have had all this sitting at my fingertips. But um, Houston Astros, strikeouts, 29th. So Houston, New York, and the Dodgers all are 15th or lower in total strikeouts. The teams with high strikeouts, the Braves are in the postseason, the Brewers are not, the Pirates are not, the Angels are not, the Giants, the Cubs, the Rangers, the Reds, the Marlins, the Tigers, the Rays. That's your top 11, the Orioles, the A's, and then the Mariners. The top of the league with the most strikeouts, most of those teams are not going to the postseason. Something to be said for that. Something to be said for that. A team that strikes out more than it can put the ball in play. Think about that. High strikeouts equal a lot of strikeouts with runners in scoring position. That's the what I, that's what I take away from all of that. Stay tuned. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers. K-O-E-H-N. Kane and Kane Jewelers. Uh, they are there in West Bend. It is worth the trip. And if you know Andy Kane, you follow him and follow his podcast over on Buy Like a Guy. Just a lot of cool stuff there. Specifically, if you're going to be buying any type of jewelry or looking at it or maybe even for yourself. A lot of different things there for the Buy Like a Guy podcast. Really cool guy stuff. And does a little bourbon and uh, whiskey tasting, too. So some neat stuff from Andy Kane and Kane and Kane Jewelers up in West Bend. It is worth the trip. Yes. More of the Bill Michael Show next.
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Milwaukee area, uh, this portion of the program brought to you by Lisa Lee Ortel and the Real Estate Group. Uh, Lisa, you know, can help you with all the real estate needs over there, whether it's looking to buy or sell or invest. Follow her on Facebook. Uh, you can follow uh, her via email too. Lisa Moves Wisconsin. Lisa Moves WI at gmail.com. You can call 414 617 6798. They've got a, a team of experts that she works with. They can help you get a uh, 1% closing cost. Uh, credit up to three grand and help you get free mortgage refi on loans closed this year. And we all know what that means right now. And uh, also working with veterans and understanding VA loans. Her husband is a veteran. She's also a certified condo specialist as well. So got a lot of good stuff from Lisa. And thanks, uh, thanks to her for being a part of the program and supporting the veterans and supporting our Fisher House Wisconsin cause. So we certainly appreciate that. Uh, that is Lisa Lee Ertle. Uh, O-E-R-T-E-L Real Estate, but you can find her uh, over on Facebook and call 414-617-6798 if you need a really good real estate agent uh, that can help you out and help you work around some of the cost right now, especially as the housing market starts to cool down. Uh, 877-867-1670. We certainly appreciate you hanging out with us today. Again, 877-867-1670. What was the final buyout, Ben, of, uh, of Paul Christ's contract? Is it like 11 million bucks total? Yes, eleven nine million lower than the original the original contract had. So he could have gotten paid. He could have got the full boat. He agreed to a buyout uh, of eleven million bucks. Um, do you say that's the hometown discount? I think there's some non compete clauses in there where he's going to get this money. It's been reported by February of 23, and then at that point, there would be no financial rule for him to go coach elsewhere, I think. So, yeah, I, I he's so connected to Wisconsin. He'll, do you think he gets a job soon? I think the question is, does he want to go get a job somewhere else? Right. He left here, went to Pittsburgh, had success there, and now comes back. Had limited success early on. Uh, and, and, you know, actually pretty good success early on with the Badger program, taking it over after, you know, the nightmare that was wrecked it and tried to change the system, tried to change academic standards, tried to, tried to uh, you know, mix and match, so to speak. And then he went on to be a, a, a craptastic coach for Jordan Love. But, uh, but then Paul Christ comes back has some success, and then things just started to derail. Is Paul Christ better at, say, another big-time college? Say say somebody in the Big 12 calls. Think he's going to have success there? Is mucking it up with boosters and generating NIL money part of the job? Of course it is. Then I would lean towards not that much. I mean, it's the Big 12. It's a different animal right. than the Big 10 is, but I don't I don't right. think so. Yeah. And that's not like, I love Paul Chris. That's not a knock against him. I just, no. 
I don't know. Today's age of college football is a little different. Yeah, it's it's grown vastly different. But I, you know, business is business. I get it. But when I read that, eleven million bucks, he could have gotten close to. He could have got close to twenty. That's that's a hell of a hell of a discount. Interesting. Uh, but Paul Christ again going to be paid eleven million bucks to uh, say thanks, but no thanks. Uh, did you get any way, response from Leipold about coming on the program? You know what? He did get back to me, um, and he said he was going to check, and then I have not touched base back with him. So I, I will check with Lance to see if I can get Lance that was, on the program. That was also before the Chris news, back when it was right? just a, hey, Lance Leipold is crushing it at Kansas, and it's a great story interview. Yeah, right? Things maybe change now. Um, I will. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna text him. And uh, I'm gonna right when we go to break. I got it right here. I'm gonna text him when we get off the air, or when we uh, go to break. I'll text him and see when he can can join us at some point. Obviously, he's got his hands full with an undefeated team, but nevertheless. By the way, uh, hello to Jose GT. He said uh, green and gold from Mexico, listening to the program. So yeah, there you go. Good stuff. By the way, game day is in Lawrence, Kansas, for the first time ever on Saturday. I know, right? Undefeated TCU. Um, I know I, I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy for him because Lance is such a good guy. Um, I'm texting him right now. I mean, theoretically, let's put our brains three years from now. If it's not Leonard going forward, which I still 90% of me, 95% thinks it is. Is there another person in the country that makes more sense? Um, for this area, no. For this job, I mean, you could always go for a big name, you know, if you wanted to, and say, "Here we go." Uh, but no, uh, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, so I the text is sent. I sent it while we're sitting here talking. Text is sent. See what happens. Um, here's another story that uh, people are following closely. Uh, Aaron Judge sitting at 61, three games remaining. Over the last couple of weeks, he's gotten the one home run. It's been like this big pressure to get to Roger Maris's number, but has not been, you know, the home run machine since he got to within one of Maris. Uh, and then he finally got Maris's number, but has not hit more. So uh, they said, obviously, the pressure is mounting, and no pitcher wants to be the pitcher to give it up, so they're not pitching to him the way they normally did. But uh, with three games left on the docket, a doubleheader today as they take on the Rangers, uh, Aaron Judge remaining at number one. How many home runs does he end with over the next three games? Does he get to 62, 63? I don't know. Should have taken steroids, and he would have done it. (laughs) Holy crap, Ben. (laughs) Let's be honest here. Albert Pujols is probably on it. Come on, oh, Pujols comes goodness. back. He starts hitting like he's twenty again. Yeah, I know, right? Let's be honest. There's something yeah. there. Pujols hit what, what number seven oh five or something like that last night. Yeah, seven oh four. Seven oh four, and it just happened to be that a, a Cardinals fan sitting in the outfield at PNC Park caught it. Now he's like famous, and it was requested by Mister Pujols to get the ball back. I can only imagine what amount of money that guy is going to get, or what he's going to get in return for that ball. So I it's know, not a, it's not going to be as valuable, I would assume, as, you know, 
714 or anything beyond that. You know what I mean? I don't think it'll ever, that ball's going to bust the million dollar mark for Albert Pujols, do you think? I would doubt it. What that ball last night was worth? Now that what's happened in the last couple of days with the Brewers gone from the playoffs, the state's going to root for the Phillies against the Cardinals this weekend, right? Mm. Will they? Uh, and Pujols, Molina, Wainwright's careers. Yeah. Oh, I, I know one thing. I'm not rooting for the Cardinals. I, I'm, I'm, I don't care if a bunch of garbage men play against them. I'm not rooting for the Cardinals in any way. I'll give you love because because you're my guy and, and you've got that Philly connection. So if it turns out that the Green Bay Packers cannot be in the Super Bowl, I'll go Philly all day long. Unless, of course, I got fantasy riding on it or something like oh, that. Oh, that's okay. No, you can put it. the football aside. That's second at this point. So, and then, uh, and then beyond that, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go Phillies in, in. I don't want to see the Dodgers get there. I don't want to see. But the problem is, if the Dodgers win it and the Yankees get there and both teams are there again, then you're just looking at it as both teams, tons of money. They bought their way back into a postseason. Here we go again. Same old argument. And it becomes louder and louder in regards to Major League Baseball. Then you watch the Food Network. That's Just yeah, exactly. Off. You watch the Food Network, but that's what baseball wants is because they want the two biggest markets, short of Chicago, uh, and the two coasts to be involved with the World Series. That's what they're hoping for. Their worst case scenario would be what would be the worst case scenario for Major League Baseball when it comes to uh, when it comes to overall. Um, What would be Toronto and San Diego? Oh, Tampa Bay and San Diego. Tampa Bay and San Diego. I'm just going Toronto because it's not even in the in the country. Toronto and San Diego would be probably the worst case scenario. Can you imagine that World Series? <laughs> Who's watching it? Think of that. Uh, we're going to step away. Stay tuned. We got more. Final segment of the Bill Michael Show up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers reviewed their 27-24 win over the Patriots. David Bakhtiari took nearly all of the snaps at left tackle. Sitting out just one series, he logged 70 plays into overtime Sunday night. Awesome. Love it. Maybe 3-1. It's a good spot to be in right now. Um, soak it in and then obviously turn the page quickly and move on to London against the Giants. The Giants beat the Bears 20-12, to but it had a lot of injuries. Quarterback Daniel Jones suffered a sprained ankle, but had to return to the game when his backup, Tyrod Taylor, suffered a concussion. Yeah, I mean, I know I was going back in. I thought, you know, I knew we'd be creative kind of in how we'd scheme up certain runs to, to keep it moving forward, but... Uh, you know, I knew I was going back in. I felt good about it. Running back Saquon Barkley rushed for 146 yards as the Giants improved to three and one. First of all, you got to give credit to DJ coming back in the game. Um, you know, that's he's. Uh, I can't curse. He's a tough, you know what? Packers safety Adrian Amos left the Patriots game with a concussion. Matt LaFleur says he's proud of his team despite having to play a full overtime period to beat the one and three Patriots. You know, there, there's a lot of things that I thought we did really well, but there's a lot of things that we have to clean up moving forward. We're going to have another 3-1 and one team in London, and you look at the Giants, and Saquon Barkley is a, a definitely a force, and he's one of the premier backs in this league, and there's a lot to clean up before we go 
we get on that plane to go to London. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Good to get you back. be doing tonight i'm not quite sure last night i thought uh you know what i'm gonna sit down and watch the game and head down to the bar downstairs i just didn't do that i was uh, i drank a little wine but i sat upstairs here in the studio and i did a ton of work yesterday just a ton of work and uh emails and such and some i don't know what i'm gonna be doing tonight probably watch a little bit of brewers i guess for the most part but beyond that yeah not a not a lot going down tonight Ben, what do you got going on this evening? Anything? I have another couple shows to record before I'm out of here. A lot of you got uh, Kenny and Halpern coming up tonight, right? Yeah, Zach out with COVID, not feeling great, so I'm riding solo again. I think I'm gonna record it a little earlier in the day and then spend the rest of the day with the uh, the reactions and the backlash from the comments I make, which often <laughs> is the case. But now I have nothing. Yeah, planned. it's a podcast tonight because you got Brewers, or got Brewers baseball, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. And the emergency okay. podcast, by the way, from yesterday is up yep. if you want to search for it. I really, yep. I didn't prep anything. I just talked for an hour and I hope it came out well. But it's, yeah. well, uh, sometimes that's the way you do it, you know? Oh, yeah. Some of the best shows I think I, we have ever had have been the ones where I just walked in the door. You know, I'm, I'm running late. I'm coming back from meetings or something like that. And uh, some of these breakfast things or I'm on the road and. I'm more worried about trying to get set up and get the sound right than I am anything else. And, uh, you know, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's airtime. And you just flip the switch and on you go. And you're kind of scrambling around throughout the day. But th- then it just becomes really good. You find a groove. Uh, who knows? So Yeah. I'm also monitoring this uh, this fish story, how this cheating scandal is rocking <laughs> the competitive fishing world. There's a lot of different news and notes with the Paul Christ firing that have been pushed back that I usually spend time Catching right. up on and monitoring. So I got to get back into that tonight. I'm excited. Right. Okay. Uh, Michael says, can't wait for the official female uniform of the day uh, when I go to Starbucks. Uh, he said, it's always going to be the Uggs and those tight yoga pants and a short coat. Love it. Good. Michael, God. What's wrong with you? Michael's rather wrong with you. He says, bring on the fall. So, uh, But you're right. That kind of is the typical thing. I'll give you that. Although, as it gets colder, it then becomes long coats down to the ankles, Uggs up to the uh, mid-calf. Uggs are, uh, they may be warm, but they are exactly the way they sound. They are a contraceptive on your feet. That's just the way I look at them. Because Kristen loves to wear them around, and I'm just like, oh, oh, I just, you know, no. There's nothing attractive about that. It's like, you know, getting hot for a Sherpa. Get out of here. All right. That's it. Kenny and Heilprin. Check out the podcast. Everything we do is podcasted, stories and such over on the website. You can also find us on uh, Spotify. You can find us on Apple iTunes. You can find us on Google Podcasts. Don't forget, go to YouTube.com and find the Bill Michael Show and subscribe. Time for us to go. Have a good one. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.